Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The world might feel a little dark right now. It's easy to let yourself get down. So take my Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 158 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way your feed will be automatically updated when we release podcasts. But you can also listen to us on many other streaming services such as Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio and Spotify. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more people out there around the globe that would love to listen to us. And now for today's episode. Today is the return of the survival tour. Now you guys heard from Mark Ward and Stephen Reynolds a couple weeks ago, just as they were starting out on their huge 1500 kilometer bike ride to raise awareness for the live events industries that have seriously taken a hit during the COVID pandemic. Beyond their work for the We Make Events campaigns, they're also raising money for charity in the process. And it's not too late to donate, but we'll get you those details at the end of the ep. You'll hear Mark and Stephen take us through their journey from Newcastle to London via Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, Oxford, Brighton, many, many, many more. And the topics you can hear, as you can imagine, will include saddle soreness, ouch, and crashing into buses, also an ouch. Uh, But I'll let them tell you all about it. Have a listen. Together we stand. Congratulations, first of all, on what was a successful, safe, we'll talk about a bus incident in a minute, but a safe um, bike ride from Newcastle all around some incredible venues and back up to London ending on Sunday to, uh, you know, just the pictures that have come off the tour have been phenomenal. I just want to take you right back to where we first talked, which is after two days of riding. Take, just take me through, if you can, before we talk about why why you did it uh, again, but take me through what it was like those first couple days on the road and, and how did you cope with the a tremendous amount of rain that you guys had the first few days? We've got to talk about the weather. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, it, we uh, yeah, we were two days into it. I can't remember. I think we were in Leeds or Manchester uh, when we spoke to you. And Leeds, um, yeah. We just just come out the back of Storm Alex, uh, torrential rain. Uh, I mean, we, I'd never been as wet in my life as I was after those first few days. Um, and we 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 the morning that we woke up and and had a bit of sunshine, we were cycling through floods on the road and there's you know there's some footage of, of like being a foot deep through i think mark getting soaked by a, a, a an overeager range rover at one point <laughs> yeah he was a charming man he thought uh, it was pretty funny we didn't and yeah it was it was it was pretty relentless so i mean we was glad when we we got through i think like day six or something and we had a we had nearly a full day of of sunshine um still very cold though yeah 
And yeah. one of the things for us, John, that I think we chatted about when we were in Leeds was that the five of us have all done a bunch of work together down the years. Um, yeah, we've been through some pretty tough bits and pieces already and come out the other side. So we all kind of had each other's backs. Everybody knew that. Um, there was a lot of support within the team if somebody was having a rough hour or a rough day. Um, there was some general ribbing, but it, it was basically, you know, arm around the shoulder, come on, let's get on with it. Um, and as Steve said, I think in some ways having that dreadful weather right at the start was good for us because we kind of figured out, okay, this is as bad as it's going to get. Um, it's all it's all uphill and better weather from here. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the team. You, we we mentioned the guys before uh, in, in the first podcast episode that we we recorded a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. How did the rest of the team cope? You know, you you had five riders, one support. That's right. One rider, one driver. Did anyone turn out to be like the cycling, the the one to kind of pull everybody up? <laughs> Harry, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ha- Harry was, you know, he's 31, uh, fit, climbs mountains for fun. Oh. Um, and he has a pretty steely attitude. And, he, yeah, he, he's, he's a big, powerful guy. So, um, yeah, he was, he was at the front um, maybe earlier than the rest of us. But, you know, we all took it in turns. We all had our time at the front. We all had our time at the back. Yeah. Um, Harry always stormed the hills, which was... Uh, encouraging for everybody and incredibly depressing for me because <laughs> um, I was always bringing up the rear. But we did make it up all the hills at our own pace. And a lot of those hills were in the first six days. I mean, you guys went to Manchester from Leeds. You crossed the Pennines, I suppose. And that, that is not a flat part of the country, is it? No, it's definitely not. We, we discovered that coming out of Leeds where we had, a, I think, a 15-mile straight hill, and which never seemed to end coming up to the top. But... Once we got to the top, the views were the views were amazing, and the, the descents on all these things. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't skied in in nearly twenty five years, but it was as fun as powering down a black run. Um, it, it was it was incredible, and yeah, you know, all of us absolutely loved that thing. If that was really tough getting here, and now we're going to really enjoy going down the other side. Yeah, it went through our brakes uh, though. It definitely went through the brakes, as I demonstrated in London. When I went into the back of the bus. Okay, we're going to get to London. We're going to get to London. But um, you guys had some people join you, didn't you? Um, so outside of the five, uh, there were people that joined along the way and, and groups. And um, A, how did that make you feel? And, and to know that you were supported in that way. But but B, how important was it that people joined you as well? It, it was really important from... From the off, I mean, we was something we discussed in the planning around how we could involve other people. We were obviously really mindful of uh, COVID rules and uh, ensuring that we we stayed safe and um, and compliant with with the rules, which changed as we went through different areas actually as well. Um, so uh, you know, we did a COVID safe plan. We did the British Cycling Risk Assessment beforehand and make sure that. When we had local riders that came along, we we briefed them. We uh, made sure they came kept in groups of six. Uh, we wore masks uh, and stayed separate whenever we were indoors at some of the venues, etc. So um, we went through everything that that anyone would expect us to. Um, and then you know it was it was a great uh, great bunch of riders that we had in, in the various different places. The first 
big group we had, I think, was was probably Manchester to Liverpool, and then we went on to Warrington from there. Um, probably twelve to fifteen additional riders. Fantastic. Uh, horrific uh, rain coming out of Manchester, um, <laughs> uh, but it was a really good group. Uh, and as Mark said, you know, people we stayed together, we stayed in those groups of six, and they looked after each other in the in the in the their groups, um, and it was good support. And for me, what was what was great at that point was we really started to hear the stories of the people in our industry. They, you know, they wanted to come and join us to show their support for us, and we wanted to to get the message out about all the different. Uh, people that are in our industry and uh, are affected by what's going on at the moment. Yeah, you kind of answered my, the next logical question was the people that joined you, um, they were bicycle enthusiasts, but they were, um, were they industry people as well? But also when you went to these venues, you, uh, I saw pictures of you being welcomed to venues that you have all been in before. Were you able to take your message and explain it better so that the, like the ripple effect happens where they, you guys can tell tell them what's happening, why you're raising money, and they go out and, and tell their people to, to, to spread the message. Is that? I think so. I think we connected on on that kind of basic kind of human being to human being yeah. level, which is you know it's what we all love about live music, live events, right? It's not it's not this. It's not a Zoom call. Yeah. It's it's people stood around chatting to each other about stuff, and you know from the tiniest venues, you know those guys who made us a a bacon sandwich. I'm a veggie, so I, um, I think I, I don't even remember what what my treat was that morning. I think it was a, a veggie um, burger um, in that tiny little um, kind of pub club in uh, Huddersfield. In Huddersfield, the parish in Huddersfield. Yeah. Thank you for completing my sentence, sir. Um, <laughs> which was just being refurbished. They're doing some tiny little, um, you know, low scale um, internet stuff from their club room upstairs. Yeah, from that level right to the guys at Wembley Stadium. Mm. Um, you know, we're chatting to people on the ground who have their own versions of struggling with, we just want to get back to work and do some stuff. Well, you mentioned Wembley, which is, you know, arguably the most iconic venue in the country, but you visited many venues. What, what were your favourite moments from those venues, if you can uh, g give me a few? I think uh, from the quite bizarre of the being on the stage at North Allison Forum with a pantomime dame uh, to, you know, walking back into a venue like the ACC in Liverpool, which I used to work at and seeing people there and hearing about how they'd been affected. And then like going into Nottingham, uh, the Royal Concert Hall there where the, the senior technical manager showed us around and absolutely loved the venue to his core showed us round, showed us all of the, uh, you know, the, the the size of the stage shot me about, you know, and this beautiful old venue um, that we saw. But it was just, you know, there were so many moments. Um, and that place, Steve, we, yeah, we, we all were affected by that. We walked in, it was beautifully maintained. It was an amazing building that I'd not done a show in it. It's not really a music venue, it's a theatre. Um, but as Steve says, the, 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 the tech guys, they loved that place. Yeah. And it was in such beautiful condition, even though it hadn't been used in seven months. And the idea that that wasn't functioning as a place for the local people to come and enjoy some theatre was, was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, there were some, some tough times getting towards 
Birmingham really around you know we were getting to halfway uh, we had a good good bunch of riders there who who helped us over that hump really and once we once we got through Birmingham we all started to believe we could we could do this and actually get around um I mean I think one of our favorite days we talked about this was the was the guys who cycled with us from Oxford to Bristol um it was you know it was a it was a long day I yeah. think it, it was maybe our longest day. I'm trying to trying to think. It was 135k. Wow. And, um, uh, it was tough weather and tough terrain, you know. But th- those guys uh, uh, like kept us at a really good space. Their chat was good. They motivated us, and uh, they also bought us a brandy and a double espresso. That's right. It's got me up a rather difficult thing. <laughs> Which, which powered us up the last hill. That's, that's what you need. Yeah, that's and then and then that day was like finished off with um, with uh, you know uh, Plaster PR Kelly from Plaster PR had arranged this TV and radio and the media there, and that was the moment where we felt, oh right, this is really getting some traction, and people are noticing what we're doing here. And now we pause for a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Curtain Call podcast, where today's guests are Mark Ward from Proper Productions and Steve Reynolds from Loud Sound. London must have been pretty special, guys, because the, the, the photographs that I saw from London were astonishing. Like, you guys hit so many venues in London. You passed so many places that it was like a whistle-stop whistle, top, whistle stop tour, uh, almost a campaign wasn't it yeah. uh, in that, itself? That bit of it was pretty extraordinary, John, because we got so used to you do a town, then you just bash to the countryside and you just ride for a couple of hours. And we got into that mindset over two weeks. And then in London, it was just venue, 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 venue all over the place, real, real quick. Was it, was it just like a growing sense of, my gosh, this is really, what we're doing here is really important and visible? Because I saw more, more and more people joining or noticing or kind of saying hello taking photographs it was pretty astonishing the number of photographs on that day that were hitting the social medias were, was fantastic yeah i mean um we we did the brighton to london day and we we finished that day with uh probably 10 venues so we got we we got into crystal palace which does a community festival and it's also going to be the home i think of some of the live nation shows going forward um we then got to Brixton Academy, which is, um, you know, special to all of us. Um, we've, I've been there loads of times. I know Mark's done a ton of shows there. Um, uh, and then got to Clapham Common, Brockwell Park, Clapham Grand, where they tried to do that socially distant show that didn't didn't really work out. Um, got up to Ministry of Sound, got up to um, City Hall um got up to print works and then we finished at the o2 and they you know they they let us go in and cycle around the arena again that great empty shot of this huge arena that that is there and then uh and then we finished the evening staying over in the indigo uh, which is this the small sister venue inside the o2 um so yeah i mean that that set us up then for a for a good final day um which started off a little bit more stressful than we'd wanted to because we were we were supposed to we were supposed to get up nice and early and get the uh, Emirates airline over to Excel to start. So it's like a short jump straight over there to get it, and we got there and uh, despite what we'd been told, it was it was closed and not opening till nine a.m. And we had a we had a live BBC breakfast. Uh, appearance at 8.25 so 
we quickly rooted into Google Maps and uh, had to put another 10k uh, furious cycle in before we even started that day. So I don't think anybody's gone down that bit of Thames path as fast as we do. <laughs> that is just awesome. Is that and so is that why did that throw you off? Is that why you hit the bus? Was that down? Like you, you went into the back of a bus, Steve. Is that correct? The bus was later. The bus was later. I think I was just we obviously we we'd been through. We started at XL and we'd done a few venues: London mm. Stadium, um, Victoria Park, and then we got to Alexandra Palace. And we were desperate for a, a coffee and a bacon sandwich, as we we'd been doing all the way through. And I think it was just coming down that hill. I yeah. finished my brakes off, and yeah. before I knew it, I'd got into the back of the bus and fell over and. Nothing, nothing was hurt other than my pride. And like you say, I'm glad it happened on the last day. Otherwise, I'd have been uh, had the, had the uh, the rib taken out of me. Yeah, even even. Worth noting, though, John, that um, Steve was not the first to fall off. Oh, really? Go, no, go, go for it. Oh, was it you? <laughs> it was Mark. It was amazing. So- so, oh, was it like the the Wilhelm scream uh, or whatever it is called? Yeah, the uh, what? Tell me what happened then, Mark. Uh, we were on some guerrilla moves, getting over a motorway, um, crossing a bridge, and it was raining really hard. I was pushing a little harder than I should have been. And cyclists will understand this. You turn the corner, there is a steel plate. There is nothing else. You're going over the steel plate. Oh. And yeah. I knew as soon as I saw it, okay, I'm going to hit the ground now. Yeah. Because... <laughs> 23 millimeter wheels at 110 psi steel plates and rain are not yeah. happy bedfellows nope um so yeah hit the ground i did and did it did it hurt uh similar to steve more more my pride than anything else um nobody likes to fall off um but i was back on and uh and on we went same as steve i have to ask you about being saddle sore you know how long did it take you to get used to it or did it did it at all? It, it it definitely took some getting used to. I mean, I think that the whole like physical uh, pressure on your body uh, happened over the first week, and and I, I was you know really struggling. The legs were aching, butt was aching. Um, you know, it really it really took uh, took some time to get used to it. I I was reassured by the fact that people had said they'd done. Lanza and Johnny Groat said, once you get through like day five, then your body starts to get used to it. So when we got to Nottingham on like day six and my legs are still aching, <laughs> it's a little bit concerned. Like bastards, we, we they lied. Get, um, we managed to get a sports uh, massage and, and Liam did a world of wonder on our legs. And, uh, and kind of from there, with a little bit of advice around what else we needed to do around stretching and rolling and stuff, um, Legs kind of got used to it, really. Uh, I mean, extremely painful to touch, and uh, definitely still some time to go before they're back to their previous state. But um, it's like anything; as long as you look after your body, um, then you'll you'll get through anything. And I think, John, I was I was told before I went by a friend of mine who's far more athletic than me, uh, who'd done a bunch of the um, of the Tour de France stages. Uh, that don't worry about it, Mark. After three, four days, your butt will hurt so much you'll forget that your legs hurt. <laughs> and he was pretty spot on. <laughs> you just don't know what to do with that. You think, oh, fantastic, let's get going then. Um, 
We have got to talk about the fundraising because you guys, I mean, it's just been brilliant. We, I, honestly, John, I haven't checked it today, but the last time I did, um, we were just over 30 grand if you count the gift aid, um, which is great. You know, it's, it's certainly more than, than we ever imagined at the start. Um, we're hopeful that we can keep that going for a little while longer um, with a kind of wrap up um, contact with, with, with friends and, and colleagues of this is what we did. Um, these, these are some of the press pieces from it. This is some of the impact we hope it made. Um, if you've not managed to, to contribute yet and, and you feel like you can, then this is how to do it. Perfect. And we'll, we'll put um, the links to the show notes in the show notes to, to the, the giving page and make, make sure that, I mean, come on, let's, let's, let's push it. Let's hit 50 K let's let guys just, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't donated, donate and tell people about it. Cause it, the, it's phenomenal. It would be, what you it guys would be amazing to get there. I mean, we, we, we met um, John, who's one of the trustees of the, of the trust, sorry, of the charity in, um, in Brighton. And he, came to see us he's been shielding himself so he's not really been out so it was really nice that he came down to to, to see us and um and, and it really hit home for us like what what the money was going to do and to help and he, he told us how overwhelmed they've been particularly over the last few weeks in terms of numbers of calls um and it's people from all all levels of the industry you know from from stage crew and technicians to creative directors and he said that these are people who've you know been been working in this industry for that for the whole mm. lives um and and they're now out of work and and you know desolate and and struggling to cope with what what to do and there's, not only is there a financial impact there's a there's a obviously a clear mental health impact yeah. on and and that's you know that's what we hope that some of this money will go towards is to is to help um help support that because it's it's super important to us that's so thank you so much for those efforts and, and keeping that highlighted because um, it, it, there is no shame in, in people feeling uh, feeling whatever they're feeling right now. It's every single if you feel happy, it's valid. If you feel like you can't face it, that's also valid. And, and it's fantastic that, that guys like you and your team have gone out to raise both the money, but also the awareness that you have. Um, so thank you very much. You guys have inspired uh, some people as well. I hear there are other tours that are about to kick off or that are being planned because they saw the success of this one. Is that just a, you know, is that is that just another, you know, thing that can keep you going for for a, a few more months, knowing that you guys have done something that has inspired other people to do the same and, and more? Yeah, we we're really chuffed about that, John. That you know, we're we're hearing the same as you that. There are folks in, in Wales and in Scotland and in Northern Ireland uh, within the UK. Uh, there's also interest from, from Spain and from uh, Italy and maybe some of the other regions where we make events have become active to you know, take, take what, we've, what we've done and, and do another different, better version of, of, of a similar thing. And we're absolutely 110% behind whoever wants to be as stupid as we all were. <laughs> Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for sitting down with me again. I mean, but... And uh, I think just one final point, if, if we may, John. Abs absolutely. The metaphor that we used when we were out on the road for ourselves, that it kind of felt like being in the band. Um, and we all get that without the people around the band, there isn't a show. 
So, you know, the backup squad, the, the, the folks that were looking after us remotely as we were out on the road, the people that were, were helping us with the socials, with the media, the local riders, the people that put the, the greeting uh, stuff together for us, the people that allowed us into their venues for overnights. Without all those people, this just wouldn't have worked. So it really isn't just about the five of us. We just did the riding bit. And that is also comparable with the band part that actually is maybe not the hardest part. It, it's the stuff wrapped around it that's, that's arguably the more difficult piece of the puzzle to put together. So huge thanks to all those people. We couldn't have done it without. Well, you guys are rock stars. You are rock stars. And I'm looking forward to the album. <laughs> guys. It'll be really, really shit. <laughs> Awesome. All right, have a great evening and we'll speak to you soon, guys. Thanks. Thank you, John. Take care. Stephen Reynolds from Loud Sound and Mark Ward from Proper Productions there on the completion of their 1,500-kilometer bike journey as part of the We Make Events campaign. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. Follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Curtain Call, and you can follow me at John Schwab. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at johnacurtaincallonline.com. It just leads me to say a huge thank you to Mark Ward and Stephen Reynolds. If you want to donate to the campaign, please visit wemakeeventscom forward slash the hyphen survival hyphen tour. And if you'd like to find out more about the We Make Events 5 Asks, you can find that at wemakeeventscom forward slash UK. It also has all kinds of hints on how you can help support the We Make Events campaigns, including writing your MP or supporting the activations that they have going on around the globe. I'd like to thank Sure Microphones for sponsoring this episode. Thanks to you for listening to the Curtain Call Theatre podcast. And as the tiers here in the UK seem to be going from one to two to three rather quickly, I'd just like to ask everyone, please stay safe. Continue washing your hands and wear masks. But also, you know, call someone, anyone, ask them how they're doing. You might just help them get through the day. Bye. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.